Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Ladies and gentlemen, have no fear. I am here today to translate the activities of yesterday. What happened? Attorney General Bill Barr gives an interview on ABC. The left is celebrating. Bill Barr stood up to Trump. Oh, 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 you need to wait a minute. Something happened yesterday you may have missed. And again, the four-dimensional chessboard is invisible to the left. I have no time to waste. Let me get right to it. Today's show is going to be a tactical nuke on the battlefield of this argument going forward in the future. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show on Friday. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, it's Friday. It's a good Friday to be here. Hey, like every sorry. Friday is a good day to Joe, be here. we had to do an abbreviated version because uh-huh. I really want to pack this in today. Let me get right to it. Today's show brought to you by buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. It's a new year. Many of us are seeking resolutions, which will likely not, we won't keep, sadly, because we set expectations way too high. I have a simple solution for you. Feel the greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. Here is our jar here. This is one of the finest products out there. Me and Paula use it religiously. Paula loves it. Our mother-in-law uses it. Everybody in our family uses it. My daughter loves it too. Now, if you notice, this jar is open. It's also almost empty because we use it all the time. It's not a joke. I didn't like spill it out before I get on the air. Paula had to actually go to the kitchen and take the Field of Greens and bring it in here because I like to show you. Field of Greens is a real superfood. It's not some cheap, you know, fake health food store powder made up of nutritional extracts and other stuff. This is real food, healthy, fresh fruits and vegetables. Every single doctor, nutritionist that knows anything about this will tell you nutrition, health and fitness. You need to eat your fruits and vegetables. But why do we not do it? We don't do it because it's tough. You got to go prepare them. They can go bad fruits and vegetables. What if you could get them all in one jar? It even has a nutrition facts panel on the back, not supplement facts. Why? This is real food, healthy, fresh fruits and vegetables that taste delicious. One scoop has a full serving of real USDA organic fruits and vegetables complete with antioxidants. One scoop daily will power you with clean, real energy to fuel a healthier, happier lifestyle. I'm addicted to this stuff. I love it. Field the greens. Go today, pick it up, make a difference in your life. You know you should be eating your fruits and vegetables. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Get 15% off your first order with the promo code Dan. They also came out with a delicious new wild berry flavor of Field of Greens. Give it a try. Again, BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan, promo code Dan. Ladies and gentlemen, don't wait another day. Pick it up today. It's delicious. All right, Joe, let's go. One of the most important opening bells we've ever had. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to roll through this, and I need you to understand what's happening here. Now, Bill Barr, I got, it's funny, I got field degrees all over my formula. Bill Barr came out yesterday, and I'm going to get to the video in a little while. I just need you to kind of stand easy for a moment. Our attorney general gave an interview to ABC and said, listen, the President Trump's tweets are making it hard to do my job. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Everybody's freaking out. Everybody. Oh, my gosh, is Barr turning on Trump? Oh, no, 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 no. Calmate, calmate. Is that right, Paula? Calmate. Is that right in Spanish? Is that how you say calm down? No. Calmate. Okay, I'm saying that wrong. I'm sorry. I got to go uh, to my wife there. That was actually her native tongue. Relax, chill. Something happened yesterday. Again, let's go keep the bar thing in your head. But something happened yesterday in the New York Times that I'm pretty sure is correlated to what happened yesterday with Bill Barr. But of course, leftists are too smart, um, excuse me, too stupid to pick it up. Most conservatives Mm -hmm. will pick up exactly what happened. Let's go to the New York Times piece. They are panicking, freaking out. Adam Goldman, Julian Barnes, Charlie Savage, uh, alleged journalist for the New York Times. uh, Goldman, who has been, you know, uh, a recipient of many leaks from the intel community. 
Goldman's uh, on a byline of this story at the New York Times yesterday. It came out conveniently the same day Barr gives his presser, uh, press interview with the ABC News. And the headline is the Justice Department, John Durham from the Justice Department, is investigating CIA resistance to sharing Russia's secrets. Oh, if you've hmm. been listening to this show for two years, you know exactly what's about to happen. Yep. So now we find out, let's go to the opening line of the New York Times piece. We find out that Trump administration officials are investigating the government's response to Russia's election interference in 2016 and appear to be hunting for a basis to accuse. Notice how they frame this. They appear to be hunting for a basis to accuse Obama era intelligence officials, i.e. John Brennan, of hiding evidence or manipulating analysis about Moscow's covert operation, according to people familiar with aspects of the inquiry. Keep this up a minute, please. What have I been telling you for two years, folks? Let's just get the headline out of the way and cut to the chase. John Brennan. I guess that keep that up didn't work, but that's okay. I'll go back to it. Can we go back to that in a second? All right. Keep it handy. Keep the trigger finger handy. What have I been telling you for two years? Johnny B, John Brennan lied to the FBI to get them to start a criminal case and to spy on Donald Trump officially. Do you understand that? Please tell me you got that right away. If you're a regular listener to show, you already know this. John Brennan, I am sure of it lied to the FBI or someone at that management level working for Brennan lied to the FBI and pushed them to open a criminal inquiry using the FISA courts to spy on Donald Trump. I'm not giving the FBI a pass. I'll get to that too. Don't go anywhere. That I've been telling you for two years, the evidence is right in front of us. Right. The CIA was gathering political information from overseas foreign sources using John Brennan. They were not vetting it properly, and they were using it to prod and push politicians in Washington, D.C. to push the FBI to open a formal spying case into Donald Trump. I've been telling you that forever. Now we see from the headline of the New York Times piece that John Durham, the investigator looking into this, seems to understand that that may have happened. It doesn't appear Johnny Brennan was telling the FBI the truth is now looking into it. And all of a sudden, Joe, leakers to Adam Goldman of the New York Times, who's leaked too often when they want to get a narrative out there, are trying to reframe the debate. Please put that back up. Hmm. Number one, listen to how they're trying to reframe this. Reframe what? Reframe Brennan lied to try to get this a formal investigation. He pushed because Brennan can't open a criminal investigation. He's an intelligence official, not law enforcement. Listen to how they frame it. That Trump era Trump officials appear to be hunting for a basis to accuse Obama intelligence officials of hiding evidence or manipulating analysis about Moscow's covert operation. No, ladies and gentlemen, they're not hunting for anything. Brennan was hunting for Trump. And he got busted. And the New York Times is now desperate to reframe this as a Bill Barr attorney general witch hunt against Obama-era intelligence officials. Notice how they frame that. Mm -hmm. Intel make it sound, you know, not Brennan, who they know is a political hack. Oh, this gets better. I warned you this was going to happen. This is the I told you so show. As Joe said, told me so before the show. <laughs> Ironic, isn't it? Let's go to screenshot number two from the New York Times piece. Mr. Durham, who, of course, is Bill Barr's assigned investigator from the Department of Justice looking at the Spygate spying scandal, appears to be pursuing a theory that the CIA, under its former director, Brennan, had a preconceived notion about Russia, was trying to get to a particular result. 
and was nefariously trying to keep other agencies from seeing the full picture lest they interfere with that goal, their sources said. Okay, let's get the two quotes here and let me Mm -hmm. translate for you what that really means. So, of course, the New York Times is trying to massage this to make it look like a Bill Barr, Donald Trump-motivated political attack on Brennan, who I'm telling you, his CIA lied to the FBI to get them to formally spy. So how do they frame this? You got to parse through New York Times journalistic ease where they're trying to make this sound like a political attack. First, they call Brennan's hoax. Here's my notes. Notes. I even have it written down. They call this Brennan's preconceived notion. Here's what it really is. It's Brennan's hoax that Trump colluded with Russia. You all understand that? Mm. They appear to be pushing a theory, Joe. That Brennan was pushing a preconceived notion. No, no. Let me translate that for you. Brennan was pushing a hoax that Trump colluded with Russia. Brennan advanced a hoax. It's not a preconceived notion. Stop with the nonsense pseudo-journalistic garbage. Just say what you're about to say. Notice how they massage that, that Brennan pushed a hoax to the FBI to weaponize the law enforcement community, to spy on Brennan's political opponent. Because Brennan was the CIA director in name only. He was really a political operative, which Mike Flynn knew, by the way. Wonder why Mike Flynn became a target too. Mm. Second part of that, they talk about Brennan hiding Joe from the FBI, possibly the full picture of how they got their information about the hoax. All right. This all makes, I know this can't get any, Brennan advanced a hoax, Trump colluded with Russia to impact the election. That is exactly what they're saying there in massage language, because they're going to get to their coup de grace at the end, where they mention that this is all a political attack by Barr, because that's what the New York Times is here to do. They're not here to do journalism. Either is Adam Goldman. They are here to get ahead. They're panicking. Remember how I opened the show, the New York Times? They're here to get ahead of what's about to come out by Durham, which is what I've told you forever. Brennan started the hoax and did a head fake on the FBI. Mm -hmm. Well, if Brennan, according to the New York Times, was allegedly hiding the full picture from the FBI about where he got the hoax, what evidence is there that that's true? Because you may be saying fairly enough at home, Jim Comey, I believe, was a malicious actor as well. And Dan, are you suggesting that the FBI is free of blame in this and that Brennan just lied to him? Hey, the Russia hoax is real, guys. Mm -hmm. Remember, Brennan meets with Harry Reid, Democrat hack, former senator politician in August of 2016. Don't ever forget this, folks. This is how this happens. Brennan is trying desperately to advance this hoax narrative he's getting from his sources. I'll get to that in a minute, too. He can't go to the FBI and directly push them to open up a case against Trump for colluding with the Russians. Why, Joe? Because Brennan knows it's a shaky case based on nonsense intel. So what does he do? He plays six different degrees of Kevin Bacon, and he figures if he goes up to Capitol Hill and briefs lawmakers about this imminent threat, that they'll be the ones to push the FBI and he can remove himself from the equation. I wasn't in Footloose with Kevin Bacon. Well, what happens after Brennan briefs the lawmakers about his hoax, or as the New York Times calls it, Joe, his preconceived notion? Yes. Conveniently, Harry Reid writes a letter to Jim Comey of the FBI, shocker, 
and says, you really need to investigate Trump for this spying stuff and lays out why and his reasons why he should do it are conveniently only items that were in the Steele dossier. How did Harry Reid get that? Oh, from Brennan, who briefed him on it. You mean the same Brennan who said he never saw the Steele dossier until December? How can that be? Brennan's briefing Harry Reid in August, December's after August. Brennan's saying, I didn't see the Steele dossier until December. Brennan briefs Reid on information in the Steele dossier. And then Reid then is dumb enough to put the information in a letter demanding the FBI open investigation. That really happened. Someone's lying. Someone's lying. Someone's not telling the truth here. How did Harry Reid get Steele's information in August if Brennan says he didn't see it until December? Reid put it on paper in August right after being briefed by Brennan. This is not hard. No. So if Brennan obviously had the information in August, we know this. It's a fact. How did he get it? And what exactly was he telling the FBI? Because there is still a channel there. What was he telling the FBI about where he got it? Because remember, I just told you, like, why didn't Brandon? Brandon can talk to the FBI. There's nothing illegal about that. Nothing at all. Brandon could pass intel to the FBI. But what was he passing to the FBI? And why wasn't he telling the FBI that the information about his preconceived notion, in other words, the Russia hoax, only existed in one place. Why was he not saying where he got it from? It's very simple. Because he got it from steel. Yeah. And it was all garbage. So Brennan wants to make this information sound intense and real. He gives it to Harry Reid. But when he goes to the FBI, that's not the story the CIA tells the FBI that they got the information from steel. If I go out of order a little bit, I'm sorry. My wife and I were like, there's just so much info here, so I will take the blame. I don't want to get, it's Valentine's Day, and she is my Valentine permanently, so I don't want to fight on Valentine's Day. And I messed it up in the beginning of the show, but this is important. Go, let's go to the Lisa Page testimony here. Here is Lisa Page from the FBI being asked directly by Congressman Mark Meadows. He's being, the, when Meadows, when Page and Meadows are talking about the source, keep in mind, they're talking about Steele. Remember, Brennan is trying desperately to hide the fact that he got his preconceived notion, his hoax story about Trump-Russia collusion from Steele. Why? Because he knows Steele is crap. He's been warned about it. So he's trying to hide it. He only tells politicians about Steele. He doesn't tell investigators because he knows he'll be debunked. So this is Lisa Page. Asked about Brennan. She's asked, hey, listen, do you think Brennan uh, gave this information to other people, notably the CIA? Page says, well, with all due honesty, if Director Brennan got that information from our source, right? Well, if he got that information from our source, if the CIA had another source, I'm neither aware of that, nor did the CIA provide it to us. And if they did, because the first time we, I know this sounds choppy. It's because she's given a choppy answer. Yeah. Meadows then interrupts her and says, we do know there are multiple sources. Page, here's the money quote. She says, this is an FBI lawyer working at the highest levels of this case. She says, I do know that. I do know the information ultimately found its way to a lot of different places, certainly in October of 2016. She's talking about Steele talking to the State Department there. Listen, listen, listen. This is the money quote. Don't ever forget this. I've been playing this for a year and a half now. 
Lisa Page, quote, but if the CIA, as early as August, in fact, had those same reports, I'm not aware of that, and nor do I believe they provided them to us, and that would be unusual. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, the verdict is in. She is not lying. Lisa Page is a lot of things. And has been a bad actor in this case, this FBI lawyer. I'm telling you with certainty on high quality sourcing. Trust me, she is not lying. The story the CIA was telling the FBI about how they knew Trump was colluding with the Russians was not the story Brennan was telling Harry Reid. They were hiding that they got it from Steele. Because they knew Steele was garbage. His information was crap and had not been vetted. Lisa Page is not lying. Please listen to me. She's not lying. This does not give them a pass. I'm going to get to that in a minute. This goes on. But do not forget this critical takeaway that the New York Times is now almost proof positive confirming while trying to massage the story and get out ahead of it. Remember the New York Times story, Durham's investigative Brennan lied to the FBI. Yes. 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 Now, the only question here going forward, because I've got more, is not if Brennan had access to Steele's information in August. He did. He's lying. He said he didn't get it till December because December's after the November election and Brennan wants to, Brennan's dying to stay out of jail. And he's dying to save his reputation. There's no question Brennan has the Steele information that was used in the dossier. And there's no question that they're passing it to the FBI and disguising its provenance, where it came from. The only question is, where did he get it? (laughs) Now, I'm going to throw a theory out there for you. There are a couple ways Steele could have given his information to Brennan. Now, he could have, of course, Steele or his surrogates could have met with Brennan or the CIA and passed it themselves. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that option is unlikely. Brennan is a political hack. There's no question, but Brennan's not stupid. They were going to cover their tracks better than that. Let me give you another option. Is it possible that in the massive surveillance effort, we know Brennan, CIA, and some in the NSA were were engaging in at the time on maskings, contractor requests to access emails and texts? Is it just possible that Brennan, CIA may have been reading Christopher Steele's emails too? Ho, ho. Ho, ho. I'm just asking. In other words, what is the ultimate goal? You ever see that movie? Uh, what is it? Uh, was it uh, Patriot Games or uh, no, no, not pa- Patriot Games? The one, uh, the Harrison Ford movie. But they're always talking about plausible deniability. It's one of those Jack Ryan movies. They're trying to separate the president from the uh, this drug war hit he did. That wasn't Patriot Games. That was the other one. I forget. Sorry, terrible cultural stuff. But they keep talking about an effort to protect the president, protect these leaders by giving him plausible deniability. In other words, an excuse to be able to lie. 
Mm-hmm. Brennan understands plausible deniability. And Brennan, who is a political hack, but has been involved in these games for a long time, certainly knows if he meets directly with Steele, it's going to create some kind of a paper trail. Remember, Brennan, the hoax that Trump colluded with Russia only comes from Steele. It's not real. Brennan doesn't want a paper trail. Brennan can't meet with Steele directly, but they certainly have access to metadata. Is it possible he's just reading Steele's information as Steele's sending it and Steele doesn't even know? And then Brennan is going over to Harry Reid and people up on the Hill and political actors and saying, you'll never believe the intel stream we're reading. We got this former Brit, Christopher Steele. This guy was the Russia desk guy at MI6. Oh my gosh. And look at what he's emailing. Trump is colluding with the Russians. Understanding the whole time that Steele's being paid to produce this information for Hillary Clinton. Maybe Steele doesn't even know Brennan's reading this stuff. Now do you understand how Brennan, who is a snake of the highest order, has plausible deniability and going on TV multiple times saying, I didn't see the dossier until December. Maybe he's right. Mm -hmm. Maybe the physical dossier that was produced, maybe he didn't see it till December. Right, right. But the emails and the information that went into it, eh, maybe he was reading that a long time before. Remember, the only question is how the hell did John Brennan get Christopher Steele's information for his Russia hoax, what the New York Times refers to as his preconceived notion he was trying to push on the FBI? This story is glorious because it exposes so many different things wrong with our government. All right, in the interest of time, I want to advance this story a little more. Now, You may be saying now, okay, Dan, this seems to be given a real excuse to the FBI, Jim Comey, Andy McCabe, and these other hacks who can, Lisa Page, Stroke, and others, who can now say, well, hey, it wasn't our fault. My bad. We were lied to by Brennan, who gave us this information and never told us it was from Steele, and then we would have known better, and we would have vetted it, and we would have never started this in the first place, right? Fair enough, Joe, right? Fair excuse. Oh, no. No, no, no. no. Yeah, it would be cool if it was true. Yeah, right. Okay. But I believe when the FBI did get smoked up, lied to, while opening the case, just months after they opened the case, and by the way, they know sooner. Everybody sniffs out something's wrong. They're eager to take down Trump, make no mistake. But even if you give them a pass for that, I don't, but even if you do, you'll notice from this older New York Times piece we have that no later than January of 2017, No later than January of 2017. Who's, by by the way, shocker, Adam Goldman involved in this story too. Same guy, by the way, folks. The same alleged reporter. Here's a a New York Times story. Justice Department watchdog is preparing to deliver verdict on the Russia investigation. Look at this little nugget from the same reporter who amazingly, Adam Goldman, cannot seem to put two and two together. This is about a January 2017. Again, just a few months after the FBI opens the investigation, they're going to say they've been lied to about by Brennan. Adam Goldman, quote, moreover, by January of 2017, FBI agents had tracked down and interviewed one of Steele's sources, a Russian speaker from a former Soviet Republic. (laughs) This is great. After questioning him, FBI officials came to suspect that the man might have added his own interpretations to reports from his own sources that he passed on to Mr. Steele, calling into question the reliability of the information. Let me translate for you again. 
reporterese Adam Goldman trying to massage a story that has an obvious punchline as a punchline is this. Even if the FBI was lied to by Brennan, which I believe they were, in January of 2017, they interview Steele's main source that's saying this Russia thing is real. The source tells them, let me just get, it's all BS. The source, I'm telling you, I reported this, what, Paul, a year ago? About this January, thank you to my source, you know who you are. The FBI interviewed this guy who was feeding the Russia hoax to Steele that Brennan's promoting, and they know in January of 2017, it's all a hoax. Comey knows this. Listen to me, folks. Please listen to me. Comey is briefed on this. I know the person who did it. I know it. I know who it is. I know the person in the room. Shares the same name as someone close to me. They briefed Comey. The source is garbage. And they still spied on the Trump team anyway. And they still did something else too. Appointed a special counsel in Bob Mueller just months later in May to investigate a Russian collusion hoax Brennan lied about to start a spying scandal. And the FBI continued when they knew Brennan lied. They were suspect of him. And they knew the source that fed the information to Brennan to start the hoax was a liar too. And they appointed Mueller to investigate the lie. Now you understand the tie-in to yesterday's show? I told you the Mueller probe was never, ever from day one designed to investigate Russian collusion. Mueller knows from day one, based on the FBI file he's handed, he knows about the January 2017 interview. Mueller's hired in May. Do you understand Mueller knows day one he's investigating a hoax and they continue to arrest people for process crimes anyway? Like I said, this story is glorious in its ability mm -hmm. to expose the disgusting, sulfur-emitting swamp we live in right now. It's a shame you thought we still lived in a republic. God, I love this country, everything it stands for. But the republic that your grandparents and parents fought for is dying a slow death. It's being suffocated by police state tyrants. Yep. The evidence is everywhere. I've got more. I've got the second part of this story. So the first part of the story, we can conclusively now, the New York Times trying to get out ahead of this. Durham knows Brennan lied. The FBI fell for it but then could have unfallen for it in January, fell for it again willingly to stay on the Trump trail and then fed it to Mueller to stay on the Trump trail again. By the way, all in my book, Exonerated, all of this is in there. Exonerated, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble now. Pick it up. It's all in there if you want to be walked through this story slowly. All right, let me get to our second sponsor of the day. Uh, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Tommy John. Got my TJs on now. Love my Tommy Johns. Valentine's Day. What better time? For Tommy Johns, we'll see how that works out this weekend. When it comes to comfort down below, there's underwear and then there's Tommy John. The revolutionary clothing brand that's redefined comfort for Americans everywhere, including me. To put it simply, Tommy Johns doesn't give an F. Whoa, whoa, it's a family-friendly show. They give three Fs. Fabric, fit, and function. Don't worry. Tommy John obsesses over every detail and stitch by using proprietary fabrics that perform like nothing you've ever worn before. As a result... Tommy John's men and women's underwear sport a no wedgie guarantee. 
comfortable staple waistbands, and a range of fabrics that are luxuriously soft, feather light, moisture wicking, breathable, and designed to move with you, not against you. I love Tommy Johns. I love my Brazilian jiu-jitsu in the Tommy Johns. I love my lifting in the Tommy Johns. I love going around town in the Tommy Johns. I'll show you my Tommy Johns one day. I don't even care. You want to do that, Tommy Johns? I'll do that. I'll take it. I'll t- yeah, yeah, no, I'm doing it. I'll do it. Paula's like, no, I'm on. I'm on. I'm doing it. Let's do it. Let's do an Instagram shot one day, Tommy Johns. That means there's no bunching and no riding up. Tommy John's so confident in her underwear, they'll even lo- if you don't love your first pair, you get a full refund with the best pair you ever wear, or it's free guarantee. It is the best pair you ever wear. I love them. Can't live without them. If you prefer to shop in stores, you can find them in over 1,200 retail locations, including Nordstrom's. Uh, Tommy John, no adjustment needed. Give three Fs about your underwear and upgrade with Tommy John today. Hurry to TommyJohn.com slash Dan. TommyJohn.com slash Dan for 20% off your first order. Don't wait. That's TommyJohn.com slash Dan for 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com slash Dan, 20% off. You're going to love him. I love him. Can't live without him. <laughs> she always gets nervous with that, especially Valentine's All right, then. It's great yeah. for date night, too, Tommy Johns. They look good, too. What's that? The Reds? Yeah, she likes the Reds. I like the Reds, too. That was the Christmas one, though. But they're, they're still, I may still have Red time. All right. Enough of that. Let's get back to the serious stuff. But we do love Tommy Johns. So the second half of this, which is the narrative portion of it, what do I mean? The first half of this uh, part we just did is devastating. I'm telling you, Brennan lied. The FBI fell for it and continued to fall for it because they hate Trump. Simple. Not hard. The New York Times knows this. Adam Goldman's been getting leaks about this forever. This guy's not stupid. And he's trying to massage the story. And he wants to get out ahead of it. That's the only reason this happened yesterday, by selling you a narrative. And the narrative is going to be a couple things. Let's start with piece number one of this. This is Brennan. See, we're going all right so far. This is Brennan on MSNBC last night. Getting out ahead of the narrative. There's going to be two parts to the liberal narrative to to make this story go away. Number one is going to be, how dare the president question the analytical judgment, Joe, of trained intelligence officials. So trained they fell for a stupid Russia hoax that a kindergartner would have exposed. So that's going to be number one. You got it? Number one. How dare he question the intel community? Professional, analytical officers who fell for the biggest hoax in human history. You can't question them, Joe. That's part number one. Part number two of the liberal New York Times, Brennan, Obama administration narrative is going to be, this is all a attorney general bar, political attack, marshaled by Trump. Nothing to see here. Let's impeach him again over it. Listen to Brennan. (laughs) <laughs> unbelievably in one soundbite on Chris Matthews hardball yesterday at MSNBC put out these two fake narratives in the same appearance in under a minute and 20 seconds. Check this out. Now the New York Times is reporting that the ongoing investigation into the origins of the Russian probe itself also appears to be driven by Trump's political interests. According to people familiar, the U.S. attorney leading that inquiry, John Durham, appears to be pursuing a theory that the CIA, under its former director, John Brennan, had a preconceived notion about Russia or was trying to get to a particular result and was nefariously trying to keep other agencies from seeing the full picture. However, FBI and NSC officials, quote, have told Mr. Durham and his investigators that such an interpretation is wrong and based on a misunderstanding of how the intelligence community functions. I'm joined now by John Brennan, former CIA director in the Obama administration, and Paul Butler, former federal prosecutor. Thank you. He's at Georgetown University. Let me ask you, uh, Mr. Director, how do you respond to this? 
inquiry? <laughs> well, I think it's kind of silly. Uh, is there a criminal investigation now on analytic judgments and uh, the activities of CIA in terms of trying to, to protect our national security? I'm certainly willing to talk to Mr. Durham or anybody else who has any questions about what we did during this period of time in 2016. And so I don't know what I have not been. I have not talked to him yet. Um, I understand that I'm on his list of uh, people to be interviewed. But it, it clearly, I think, is another indication that uh, Donald Trump is using the Department of Justice to go after after his enemies in any way that he can. <laughs> I love the uncomfortable laughter in the beginning. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know the laughter? Like me, you know, I, I hate giving blood. And when I'm about to give blood, I, take, I always laugh because I'm super uncomfortable. It's my, that's Brennan right there. <laughs> <laughs> this is, they're questioning analytical judgment. What analytical judgment? You mean the analytical judgment the FBI showed in January of 2017? when they interviewed the only source that was propagating this hoax and the actual source said this is all garbage, that the, the Russia collusion story was a hoax? You mean that judgment? Well, you couldn't find that guy? Huh. So just to be clear, we're now not supposed to question the CIA and John Brennan because they fell for the biggest political hoax in human history? and failed to interview the main source for Steele, who, when he was interviewed, told everybody this was total hooey, garbage? How dare you question their skills there? By the way, don't you dare mistake this for an attack on people in the rank-and-file community there. I've worked with them overseas in Afghanistan in my prior line of work. They were terrific. You may say, well, why aren't they speaking out? Because this was being run from headquarters by Brennan. If rank-and-file CIA officers and analysts were involved in this case, they would have thrown it in the garbage heap a long time ago. Yeah. That's how Brennan got this thing. He kept it isolated right. in a headquarters division and supposedly kept it out of the presidential daily brief to Obama. Why? Because the presidential daily brief to Obama, ladies and gentlemen, please, please pay attention to this. The presidential daily brief Obama gets every day from the intelligence community delivered is vetted through channels. Nothing makes it to the president's desk without being vetted multiple times. Why? So the president of the United States is not sort of war with Russia over intel on his desk that's fake. That's not what Brennan did with the steel information about this fake collusion hoax and the PP tape and stuff. Brennan sent separate envelopes to Obama outside of the presidential daily brief circumventing the analytical chain of command. Why? Because Brennan knows it's a lie. And he knows if he gives it to his rank and file analysts, they're going to laugh in his face. The FBI interviews Steele sources in January and their guys telling him this is all a hoax, but Brennan's still feeding it to the president directly. Obama, who's sucking it all up. I love this. Love it. You got more, Johnny B? Now it gets better. Back to the New York Times piece. So remember, the narrative's here. You can't, don't dare challenge CIA analysts here. These are professionals. And this is a political hit job. From the New York Times piece. Again, listen to the way they massage this. This disagreement about the, analy the uh, CIA's analysis of the source material. Quote, officials disagreed about how much weight to give the source's information. How much weight? They interviewed the source. He said it was crap. And the intelligence community's eventual assessment apparently reflected that division. 
While the FBI and CIA concluded with, quote, high confidence that President Vladimir Putin's Russia was specifically trying to help Trump, the National Security Agency agreed but said it was only moderate confidence. Folks, let me translate that for you. Mm -hmm. The steel information, the PP tape, Trump's colluding with the Russians through Manafort stuff that only Steele had, that they gave to Brennan and Brennan hid or Brennan found and passed on to politicians, was the only source of this. What they're saying here is that information, amazingly, also found its way into what Devin Nunes calls Obama's dossier, which was what? The intelligence community assessment after the election. Remember, the 17 agencies agree Putin tried to help Trump. Why is that Obama's dossier? Because that's based on false information, too. The same false information Brennan fed to the FBI and lied about and that the FBI knew in January of 2017 was total garbage. The same time they put out this intelligence community assessment saying that the information wasn't garbage, that it was real. But let's not dare question the analysts at the FBI and the intel community about information everybody knows in January of 2017 is false. There's no Trump collusion scandal. And it magically finds its way into Obama's dossier. This 17 agencies agree this is all true. It wasn't. But let's not. Adam Goldman from the New York Times, don't dare question John Brennan's deep analytical skills. This idiot fell for a hoax. Yep. My eight-year-old could have figured out because he wanted to. He knew it was a hoax. Folks, he's not stupid. He wanted to attack the president. And when he couldn't find the information to do it, candidate Trump at the time, they just made it up. Now, here's where this gets even better. Remember this little note by Kathleen Kavalek? Kathleen Kavalek in October of 2016, as Lisa Page referenced in her testimony to Mark Meadows earlier in the show, these are the notes from the meeting in October of 2016 where Page says, well, we knew Steele was talking to others. He -hmm. was. He was talking to the woman who took this note on a notepad, Kathleen Kavalek, right before they sign off on the first FISA to spy on the Trump team. Steele tells Kavalek, this is her handwriting, that his sources in July of 2016, one of them was Trubnikov. It says Trebnikov, sources. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's Trebnikov? Oh, he was the head of the Russian FBR, SVR. You mean he was a high-level Russian intelligence officer? Yes, that's exactly what I mean. So Christopher Steele is now telling people before any of this happens, October's before January, He's telling people that he's dealing with a high-level Russian intelligence officer who's giving it, in other words, he's colluding with Russians to feed false information to our CIA. Why am I even bringing this up? Ladies and gentlemen, has it ever occurred to you? I know it does because 99% of my audience are brilliant. I read your emails. That 1% are liberals who don't know anything. Has it ever occurred to you that if Christopher Steele was using a Russian who was an intel operative who's trained that just maybe Trebnikov was feeding Steele disinformation. Yeah. Because that's what he's trained to do. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. I'm not Jason Bourne, okay? I'm just going to throw that out there. That quite possibly a Russian intel officer trained in disinformation could yeah. possibly be feeding Steele disinformation that the U.S. government and the State Department knows about. No, no, no. They ran right with it, folks. Hmm. Why? 
because they wanted to. Trump. Because they're morons and they hated Donald Trump. And let me throw another wrinkle in there for you, which me and others have exposed. Do you find it odd that the FBI, who employed a spy to spy on the Trump team, Stefan Halper, they activated him to go actively spy on Carter Page and Papadopoulos as a Trump team? Do you find it a little odd that Halper's academic companion from their overseas Cambridge University was Trubnikov? Do you find it even odder that Halper was paid hundreds of thousands of dollars by the U- hundreds of thousands of dollars by the U.S. government? to produce papers. And in one of those papers, he cited for his analysis and his intel, Trubnikov. So you're paying a spy to spy on a presidential candidate who is openly admitting that his information is coming from Russian disinformation specialists and intel chiefs? <laughs> it's up. You can't. I only put that out there to show you that the analysts and the analysis were not supposed to question. The analysts were so stupid involved in this that they didn't understand that a Russian who was an intel disinformation guy was giving political information to a political candidate paying to disrupt her opponent's campaign. And when they interviewed the actual sources this came from, they said it was all a lie and they all rolled with it anyway. But don't question the analyst's judgment. God forbid. Let's go to part two of Brennan here. So Brennan says in that interview, too, in the second half, he says, you know, and listen, man, this is all a political attack. You know, Bill Barr, Trump, they're coming after us. This is all politics. Oh, boy. Let's go back to the New York Times and show you how the New York Times just falls right in line with this one, because that's what they do. Here's the New York Times, full-time propaganda, Pravda-like uh, BS artist for the Democrat Party. Quote, New York Times, Mr. Durham's questioning is certain, certain to add to accusations. By the way, this is only the New York Times and Washington Post making these accusations. But notice how they frame this. It's going to add to accusations that Mr. Trump is using the Department of Justice to go after his political enemies like Brennan, who has been an outspoken uh, spoken critic, uh, critic of the president. Mr. Barr, here's the attack on Barr, who is overseeing the investigation, has come under attack in recent days over DOJ officials' intervention to lighten a prison sentence recommendation by lower-level prosecutors for Mr. Trump's longtime friend, Roger Stone. Here we go. Here we go. Narrative number two, tying Roger Stone, the president's tweet, to Barr saying, Barr, man, this guy is definitely looking into Brennan and all this stuff I just told you because it's only politics. Nothing I just told you we should pay any attention to, folks. Trust the analysts. This is all political. So that happened. And Ed Barr gave an interview, Attorney General Barr to ABC. I was on the road yesterday. I gave a speech. I was over in Southwest Florida yesterday. And I gave a speech and this happened on the road and everybody was tweeting me and emailing me and panicking. Oh my gosh, Dan, Bill Barr in the interview said Trump's tweets are terrible. He's turning on, oh my gosh, we got to do some, rein them in, rodeo style. We're in deep trouble now. Oh man, you totally missed the boat on that one. Well, let's play Bill Barr and we come back. It's not always 4D chess, but I'm absolutely certain this was. Check this out. Public statements and tweets made about the department, 
uh, about uh, our people in the department, our, our men and women here, about cases pending in the department, and about judges before whom we have cases. Uh, make it impossible uh, for me to do my job and to assure the courts and the prosecutors in the in the department uh, that we're doing our work with integrity. But the thing I have most responsibility for are the issues that are brought to me for decision. And I will make those decisions based on what I think is the right thing to do, and I'm not going to be bullied or influenced by anybody. And I said at the time, whether it's Congress, newspaper, editorial boards, or the president. I'm going to do what I think is right. <laughs> you want to talk about the uh, Benicio Delta? I'll flip you. I'll flip you from You want to talk about the greatest flip in, 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 in the last decade? This is the greatest narrative flip I've ever seen. Why were you panicking about that? Let me just quote Stephanie Grisham from the White House. President Trump isn't bothered at all by this. Of course he isn't. Because what happened promptly after this, because the left and the media are so stupid, all you got to do is put a hot dog on a stick and walk them right into the chasm because they'll follow that hot dog on a stick because they're really that stupid. What happened after that? Predictably, because the left is infected with prion-like TDS level six infections parasitically destroying their brains. Anything that they perceive as an attack on Trump, they immediately jump behind and someone becomes their new hero because they're stupid. And the left and the media immediately jumped out and said, Barr, this is great. He's our new hero. Look, he's attacking Trump. Trump is terrible. He's got to stop tweeting. But what are they not talking about? Oh, they're not talking about anymore the New York Times narrative that came out earlier about how Barr looking into Brennan and Brennan's big lie is a political attack. Genius. Genius. I'm sorry if you fell for that yesterday and you fell into the Barr's turning on us trap. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not suggesting at all this was in any way coordinated with the White House. Barr's savvier than that. Barr knows he is on to right now with Durham, the biggest political scandal in human history. That the most powerful intelligence official in the history of the world, the modern day CIA director and John Brennan, took information he knew was fake, fed it to DC politicians who laundered it to the FBI, who then weaponized our process we use to nail terrorists, to spy on John Brennan's political opponents and Barack Obama's. It is the biggest scandal in human history. And instead of everybody now advancing the New York Times BS narrative that this is all a political attack looking at the Brennan, it's not. The evidence trail is thick and deep and big trouble. Now, Barr goes out, gives this beauty of an interview, says, hey, I don't like Trump's tweets are getting in my way. And the reflexive response of the dumb media is to say, ah, oh, this is great. Look at Barr. He's attacking Trump. We like him for today. And they're not talking at all about Barr being a political attack on Brennan. Oh, you thought you were getting fastball. That wasn't even the curb. That was the circle change. You know the circle change? 
This guy's two steps ahead of you. I got one more. Because there's another tidbit in the New York Times piece that says to me they're worried about something else too. And they're desperate to get out ahead of it. This one. This is just gold. All right. My final sponsor of the day, Simply Safe. Simply Safe. We love Simply Safe. Listen, when you go to simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino, make sure you spell it right. It's S I M P L I Safe. S A M P L I Safe.com slash Dan Bongino. Why? Because listen, every night, local police departments across America sadly receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. You know, some of them are real, some of them aren't. The vast majority of the time, they have no idea the cops. I know this, whether the alarm is real or not. I was a police officer. If there's really a crime going on or not, they don't know. The alarm company can tell them only, hey, the motion sensor, sensor went off. They don't know if someone's in the house. Simply Safe Home Security is different. They're better. If there's a break-in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime so they know what they're walking into and they know the gravity of the situation. That means police dispatch is up to 350% faster than for normal burglar alarms. Huge. Big difference. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard the inside. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. Super easy to install. We were up like that. It's 24 7 monitoring by live security professionals. You can set up your system yourself. No tools needed. Super easy. Or Simply Safe can do it for you. No problem. It's only 50 cents a day. No contracts. You know why they don't need them? Because they love it. They know you don't need it. That's why you'll stay. They don't need your contract. They know you'll love the company. Visit simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. You'll get free shipping and a 60 day risk free trial. You got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure. Go to Simply Safe. Again, that's simply with an I, S I M P L I, simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino, so they know our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Go today. Keep your house secure. That's your castle. Simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino today. Okay. Now, the last two weeks have been explosive shows where we've been talking about our operating thesis here that everybody in this DC fetid swamp has, they know each other. Not a shocker, but they all have something to hide. And as we said yesterday, they're all going to get rich or die trying like that 50 Cent movie. There's something else they're hiding that's buried in this New York Times story. Hat tip to my uh, good friend at Fox. You know who you are. He texted me this morning who found this and he's smart enough to dig right through the nonsense. Said, hey, what's up with this one? Let's put up this last little takeaway from the New York Times piece that's just kind of thrown in there as a throwaway. Remember, everybody knows each other and everybody has something to hide. Quote, New York Times. They're talking about an index of messages here. So when I get to this, they're talking about hacked emails, that the Russians hacked emails and have a bunch of messages. Other foreign governments had an index of these hacked messages by U.S. government officials. So now we go on. Says, but an index of the messages compiled by the unnamed foreign ally that gave us these hacked Russian messages show that they included emails from President Barack Obama? Oh boy. As well as members of Congress. Mr. Obama's White House counsel, W. Neil Eggleston, decided that investigators should not open the drive, citing executive privilege and the possibility of a separation of powers uproar if the FBI sifted through lawmakers' private messages. Keep in mind, they had no such problem doing that with President Trump and then candidate Trump. So let me translate for you what that means, why that's in there, and what the real story is and what their narrative is going to be. Translation comes first. Hillary Clinton was over in Russia and emailed Barack Obama from her private server. 
the Russians hacked it. Why is that a problem? Well, number one, it speaks to the disturbing nature of how desperate Hillary Clinton was to keep her information from official government service, that her team was dumb enough to go over to a known adversary, Russia, with high-level counterintel and intel capabilities, and actually from a private, unsecured device, email the president of the United States. Do you understand how if there's levels of stupidity, that's a level 10 on a 10-point scale? That's not the big problem, though, folks. Hmm? We all know Hillary and her team weren't that bright. After all, they tried to, like, hammer smash and bleach bit their systems to clean any emails so that you couldn't read them. The problem here is that's not what Barack Obama told the public, folks. Remember what I've been telling you again for two years now, based on really good sourcing. The media is not protecting Hillary Clinton in this email scandal. What do you mean? They love Hillary Clinton. Eh, they do, but they're kind of done with her. They'll throw Hillary Clinton under the bus in a moment. Not because they like or hate her or anything. They're not protecting Hillary here. They're protecting Obama. Obama's their golden calf. He was their de facto savior. If Obama's legacy is dismantled and he's exposed as the corruptocrat he was, the entire ethos of liberalism collapses. Obama is their Ronald Reagan. Imagine if someone told you, you know, Reagan was a was a Russian uh, traitor, and you found that out now. We would be we'd be destroyed. The Reagan Reagan yeah. was an icon to us. Of course, that's all. But you get the point. Mm -hmm. Now, when Obama's malfeasance with Brennan through Spygate and through this email scandal are exposed, it's going to dismantle any myth in the future that Obama was even a remotely non-corrupt president. He knew about Spygate. There's no doubt in my mind. And he also knew about Hillary's efforts to subvert and, and to, to subvert information channels and to exchange classified information which adversaries were hacking and using against us. How did he know? And what's the problem? Well, first, he gave an interview a while ago, a long time ago, when he was still in office. And when asked about the Hillary email scandal, that Hillary had a, Hillary had a private email, not a government email, and it was unsecure, Obama said, oh, I don't know anything about it. I heard it from the news. Really? Then how come Hillary's emailing you from a private email? Now, ah, I got you. I'm worried. I'm ahead of you here. Some of you may be saying, well, Dan, I get a lot of emails. If he got an email on his device, whatever it was, and it said from Hillary Clinton, if you don't actually push on the email, he probably doesn't know exactly where it came from. It could be Hillary at state.gov. Maybe he was just confused. Oh, no. No, 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 no. That's not what happened. See, we have this place called Waka. Not like Fozzie Bear, Waka, Waka, Waka. Waka stands for White House Communications Agency. It's a military entity that secures all of the president's communications. That's why it's called the White House Communications Agency. President Obama had a BlackBerry. That BlackBerry had to be whitelisted so that, you know, some spam account from Russia can't email right. Obama. Right. And he was only allowed to receive emails from specific private email addresses that were whitelisted into his BlackBerry. Obviously, the opposite of being blacklisted. Who told those people to put a private email address they knew was private from Hillary Clinton in that BlackBerry? There is no way in Hades the Obama administration was unaware of the fact that Hillary Clinton's emails 
who are coming from an unsecure server, who are exchanging classified information, and it was being sent from foreign adversary soil who was likely hacking it because she was emailing Obama direct and the FBI and them knew about it. Now, I translated it for you. I told you what really happened. What's the spin from the Times? It's going to be obvious. It's very, it's very few ways to spin that disaster. That is lipstick on a big, fat, juicy pig right there. There's no way to lipstick that one up. So their line is going to be, you would think the FBI would be interested if foreign adversaries had classified information from our Secretary of State and President. Their line's going to be, well, you know, the White House thought this was privileged information and, you know, separation of powers and stuff. Keep in mind, separation of powers they don't care about at all in the impeachment trial, where they think they can do a fake impeachment, not even take a full House vote on it, impeach the president, and demand everybody from the White House show up. Two different narratives. When it's Obama, no, no, it's separation of powers. Those Obama emails that the Russians were reading, the FBI shouldn't be involved. That's, they're Obama's emails. No, no, they're the Russians' emails now. But that's separation of powers, executive privilege. But when Trump says, hey, I was having a conversation with John Bolton about national security, get him up, get him up, no executive power, get in here. That's the real scandal. I'm telling you, we are sitting on a time bomb here and I'm begging you, Adam Goldman from the New York Slimes, I get it, you're an opinion left-wing media hack, you're not a serious journalist, I understand that. But I'm humbly imploring you as a citizen of the United States, to surgically remove your head from your rectum, put two and two together in your own reporting and dispute anything I just told you. Did Lisa Page not say that the FBI was deceived and lied to by Brennan? Do you think she's lying under oath? If you do, produce evidence otherwise. Are you telling me Brennan didn't have access to Steele's information? Despite the fact that the briefing he gives to Harry Reid is then put down on paper the next day that has information only from Steele? Are you telling me that the source the FBI interviewed in January didn't say what you said in your own piece, the source said, which is, this is all bullshit? Almost slipped there. Almost. Are you telling me Christopher Steele in October of 2016 didn't meet with the State Department and say to the State Department that one of his sources was a Russian disinformation specialist specializing in intelligence? Take your head out of your rear end and tell America the truth. Stop with the preconceived notions, the full picture, the nonsense political accusations, and just tell us the truth, man. You know, I, I didn't get to a lot of it. I'm sorry. I got a bunch of stuff, Giuliani and all, but this was an important show. I'm going to have to get to it on Monday. Paula, can we do the Bernie thing, though? Just want to switch gears for a second to wrap up the show. I had a rant this weekend that, this week, excuse me, on my show about Bernie right after the, it wasn't planned, believe me. I want to talk about it for five minutes after Bernie won the New Hampshire primary. It went on for about a half an hour. And my, you know, my apologies for that sometimes. I just, it's my show and, I don't fake the funk for anybody. But I gave a speech last night, and I've got to tell you, I haven't run for office in a long time. I don't plan on, but it was good to kind of get out there in front of people. It was a huge crowd in Southwest Florida. 
And I walked off the stage and, you know, we go back through the kitchen. It was very like secret service which is pretty cool. I'm used to doing that on the other end, but we walked down at the elevator and it was like a car waiting for us. And I looked at my wife and said, I know cell praise stinks and all, but that was, that was magic in there. If we can get the speech, I'll put it on my YouTube. She's sending it. I promise you won't be disappointed. I don't know what happened last night. I always pray before a speech. Jesus Christ, please put the thoughts in my head and the words on my tongue. And it just happened. But I was talking about this fear of where we're going with Bernie Sanders. And in case you think my fear is misplaced, I'm going to end the show. This short clip of Bernie Sanders talking about his love affair with the murderous Cuban regime, which slayed its own people to institute a communist system, which is absolutely decimated what would have been right now one of the wealthiest countries on earth. Listen to Bernie in his own words in case you think my rant on that was a little over the top. I remember for some reason or other being very excited when, when Fidel Castro made the revolution in Cuba. I was a kid and I remember reading that. And it was just seemed right and appropriate that poor people were rising up against rather ugly rich people. And I remember, again, very distinctly, a very distinct feeling. I was watching the debates. You remember the famous Nixon-Kennedy debates? That was the first time the presidential candidates actually debated. And I was becoming increasingly interested in politics, didn't know much, but was interested. I remember sitting in the student lounge at our dormitory watching the debate. And at that time, well, we can talk about Cuba now, I was very excited and impressed by the, the Cuban Revolution. You know how many innocent Cubans had their homes, their businesses, their wealth? and their lives taken from them by that murderous regime? That's your guy, Democrats. Chew on that one for the weekend. I'll see you all on Monday. Thanks for tuning in. Good day, sir! You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.